This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Disaster Girls, the podcast where we talk about Roland Emmerich in every way. I am your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And we have the most esteemed of guests today. Our the, chief, the chair. Our chief Emmerichologist. Yeah, the chair of the Roland Emmerich yeah. department here at Disaster University. Yeah. Van Lathan. Yeah, what's going on? I'm tenured. I'm kidding you here. It's for life. Okay. You are. Yeah, there's so, no there's no kicking you out no matter what you do. No, you hold, no what you I hold do. the the absolute title Professor Emeritus I can say words. Professor Emeritus Roland Emmerichologist Van Lathan Jr. And the thing is, even if we had Roland Emmerich on here talking about this movie, we wouldn't have an Academy Award winner talking about this movie that like we true. do right now. So that is yeah. Again, the just the layers of prestige here in this conversation for we're doing it like we're like we're like, guys, what people don't understand is that we're going for it. (laughs) That's what that's what's happening. We're going for it like like Moonfall went for it when it kept saying yes and to its various uh, antagonists and and everything. Moonfall, Van, what what was the? Tell me what you just said to when you you know describe the experience of being in the theater watching this movie. Uh, I was home again, like watching Moonfall. <laughs> uh, I was home because when you haven't been around Roly for a while, you forget. <laughs> mm-hmm. You forget. You forget. You forget. You for you you forget. You're like this can't be happening. And you're like, <laughs> oh shit, it's Roly. <laughs> and, and so and he's and he, we're, I'm sure we'll dive deeper into it but he's got such familiar beats as far as how he sets up a world mm-hmm. a lot around yep. a world crumbling at its core it's always about family <laughs> right and so uh, just watching the movie it look the movie is a big dumb <laughs> yeah. sort of mm-hmm. what, but it's trying and yes. I think myself and the people in the theater, I really think we appreciate the effort. <laughs> yeah. I really, I, it's not boring, I'll tell you that. So, but I but I felt at home again. I just like Roland Emmerich movies, man. Mm-hmm. I just I just like them. I'm sorry. This felt like this felt like the first half of this movie, the pacing of it was so wild. I couldn't remember when I had experienced anything like it. And it was a bit like Roland and his team were like, listen. We know you know what's coming, so we're just going to just get right to it. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just going to we're gonna skip the niceties. And it also felt like he had a three-hour movie, and they were like, Roland, you get two hours and ten minutes. And he was like, but I've got three hours here. And they're like, Roland, we don't care how. It's going to be two <laughs> hours and ten minutes. And he made choices to make that happen. Yes. There was definitely a lot of picking and choosing in that, <laughs> uh, especially in the first half of like, well – we're going to have to cut a lot. So uh, we're just going to get to it. And we're not you're not going to know exactly where you are in space and time. And you're just no. going to come along. Never has a movie needed the 10 days till seven days till Chiron oh, yeah. 
as much as this film and never has Roland Emmerich been as much like, fuck you, you're never going to know how much of a threat the moon is. It's just a threat. (laughs) Accept it. And, 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 you know, it's funny because in The Day After Tomorrow, they really do a great job. The Day After Tomorrow, which I watched again to get Mm -hmm. like, which is a surprising, it's a surprisingly serious movie. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like, yeah. yeah the, the day after tomorrow is like it's it's very real. Like it's a surprisingly like serious movie compared to this for sure. Yeah, and um, it's watching a movie and they do a great job at setting up the real human stakes. Totally, yeah. And J- uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character and everything that's going on, like you buy into the people. Yeah, this movie doesn't give a shit if you buy into the people. Not a goddamn <laughs> thing. Family's fucked up. The son <laughs> character, like, like just d- deal with it. the son character, whose name is Sunny, because they couldn't bother thinking of another. Like at, at the hardest part of writing is thinking <laughs> of character names, and Roland one hundred percent was like, "Fuck it, just call him Sunny." Yeah, that's Sonny. his name. That's his title. We're done. Sunny literally doesn't fully appear to appear appear to the movie to the shit has already <laughs> really hit the fan. <laughs> and by the time he gets there, he's just like fucking Jason Bourne. And you just got to go, go with it. You just, you, you just have to, he just can do stuff. What, do, what is the, the, uh, the exchange student? Uh, yeah, not <laughs> Halle Berry's wife, as I had so hoped That's in the what first I few thought. seconds. Right. I had to explain to Sam that there he was like, well, at least we had two gay characters. I was like, oh, where? And he was like, Halle Berry and her girlfriend. I was like, mm, no, no, she was they like she mentioned something about like as an exchange student. Can I get into the bu-? and I was like, she's a student like what I the yeah, she, she was, was just she was the au pair. OK, that they put in to appease Chinese financers. Um, but pa- became very quickly like one of my favorite characters in the movie. Well, favorites. One of my favorites. Wanted more of her, was still very disappointed she wasn't Halle Berry's wife. Was so glad they didn't, I, they looked like they were going to do a thing where it was like the son and her are going to have a crush. That's what and I then thought they was going to happen. And I was like, not her, not this. I not think there wasn't time in the movie to do it. <laughs> they bailed out of it. They cut but, that in editing too. Yeah. So I, when, they said, when, when they said Halle Berry was married and mm-hmm. then they said Halle Berry was married and then it cuts to her. She's, I was like, oh. Yeah. I, I don't know why I was like so pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, okay. Me too. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. They hadn't specifically uh, gendered the, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the spouse. So I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. You see the kid there and then you see they come out. I'm like, wow. Then, well, yeah. And then, they, and then <laughs> the guy playing her husband was so angry at yeah. all times. He's like, I can't come back to the house. It's like he's doing that whole thing. It would have been much, much better. But I don't know. The movie was kind of, the movie, it's almost as if the movie is a sequel to Roland Emmerich himself. It's not a sequel to any yeah. Roland Emmerich movie. Mm-hmm. It's a sequel to Roland Emmerich. It's like, look, you know what I do. I've already yes, said this it feels like a culmination this. in that yes. way. Right, right. And yeah, it, I, I, I mean, just, you were it, waiting. Were you guys? I, you would be waiting for the best hits moments 
to come from. Yeah. Them. It's like going to a, it's like going to a concert and you're like, yeah, you can play the new stuff, but we want to hear like <laughs> no one wants to hear the new Bob Dylan play the old Bob Dylan. <laughs> I don't know why that was who I went with. That was a weird choice. I don't I, know. I'm, I'm, I'm secretly a boomer, guys. I'm sorry. I loved my one of my absolute favorite parts of this movie was just the when Patrick Wilson is finally realized that the megastructureologist who was great was that the megastructureologist was like, maybe he's got something going on here. He goes to the motel uh, convention hall like room where they're giving the, co- the discussion on megastructures and that hotel gets overtaken by the surging floodwaters in L.A. And then they just set up there seemingly with no attentions to leave until the government takes them. Like, the government just arrives and wakes up Patrick Wilson from a peaceful slumber, and he seems to have no, no designs on leaving that place until whenever. I was like, oh, they're just staying here. They were wearing the hotel robes. They were wearing, together. They were were wearing wearing hotel hotel robes. robes. They had made a nice little family. (laughs) They they, they were wearing the hotel robes. Sound asleep. Now, obviously, you know, you got to sleep, but there's sound asleep. Yep. When the government comes in there and I'm like, you know, there's shit tons of water. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any sense of urgency at all? It's just None. so hilarious. No one's, no one's keeping watch. They're just like, look, it's good. We're, we're here at the L.A. Palms. We're on the seventh floor. Clearly, it's a sound structure. Everything's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. And like my son is in that jail and I was very upset about that 15 minutes ago. But right now I just have faith that he'll make it out and, you know, we'll come what may. Yeah. If this were The Rock, it would be a very different movie because he would have already (laughs) have taken a boat across L.A. to get to jail, like to L.A. County and have broken out. He would have hopped on one of those boats washing through the city in the waves and broken his son out. But Patrick Wilson is like, well, we'll get him out on Monday when the courts reopen. Because, yeah, (laughs) we'll be back. In ways, in ways, it did remind me of uh, of my childhood a little bit because I was never arrested. Right. Uh-huh. I, I never, I've never been arrested, but there was a situation to my parents would do this weird game of, uh, no, you do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. <laughs> like, and sometimes like, I, you know, I'm sitting there at baseball practice. It's like an hour after practice is ended. And each one of the parents thought that it was the other parents job to come pick me up. Right. You know? Oh, sure. And this is what happened to the guy. Tom was going to get him out. And then uh, Patrick Wilson was going to get him out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it was actually the neighbor, Halle <laughs> Berry, who arranged to get him out. So, uh, and then, you know, like I said, he came out and he was ready for battle. Yeah. Oh, already. He's hiding guns. He's doing all the <laughs> like, uh, of all in, in the whole movie, what it's, it's weird because I, as much as any Roland Emmerich movie, I dug these characters. I liked Halle Berry. I liked Halle Berry. I liked, yeah. I liked Patrick Wilson. I liked Patrick Wilson. You know, uh, the actor who plays Tom, what's his name again? Is it is like- it's, That's it, Michael Pena, right? Michael Pena, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael Pena in a weirdly small role for him. Weirdly yeah. small role. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like, considering the the like host of like uh, sort of uh, actors I had, I had no recognition whatsoever. I don't recognize the wife. The the uh, yeah with Patrick Wilson. I didn't recognize the ex husband of Halle Berry. I was like, oh, but we will have Donald Sutherland literally wheel into a scene and <laughs> deliver an entire history's worth of exposition, and then turn around and go kill himself. Right. Yeah. Right. Just could have been anybody. 
Could have been anybody, but you right. and you had Halle Berry on the phone with somebody I've ne- I don't know that I've ever been familiar with. Yeah, yeah, but look, it, once again, you guys, it's roly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bottom line. Yeah, yeah, Amanda, this is I think it's very important that you discuss because once I think it was like maybe once the second trailer hit, you were like, oh my god, is this going to be Hollow Moon? Yeah. So you had a hinge. You had a hunch. You an inkling. I, I mean, I what don't were know. you thinking it was going to be or related to Hollow Moon? When you were like, is this going to be Hollow Moon? What were you pulling from to say? Literally. I was like, okay, Hollow Moon. What the hell's going on? What is that? Literally just the fact, like, I didn't know anything about it. But as soon as I saw the trailer and kind of was like, what's the crazy? Because what is the craziest Earth or Moon based conspiracy I could think of? And it was the moon is fake. Okay. Okay. Is I, I <laughs> yeah. choose not to dive particularly deep into. Yeah. Um, science-based <laughs> conspiracy theories because they will make me insane. Um, sure. So I didn't know too much about the concept of hollow moon beyond some people don't think the moon is real. <laughs> okay. And I decided it. to just let myself go along for the ride and let Roland tell me what his version of hollow moon Got is. It. Okay. Uh, so, so I'm not as... Thinking I, in, you weren't thinking in mega structure terms. I, I knew that all... I like. I knew that people... There are people who think that the moon is constructed basically like the death star that's no moon ah uh, oh okay that, okay got the it. moon literally is constructed by a, a super intelligent species or and then okay. they put it there okay and you know i remain unconvinced after this movie, <laughs> this movie. <laughs> you remain unconvinced that it is a mega structure yeah not not ah. sold on it but love their gumption right yeah okay love love the gumption of it casey the you know Kate, the guy from from Game of Thrones, did a great job of of selling all of that exposition. Because this is a Good movie see him, that, by the way, yeah, what? Happy to see him. Great to see Me him too. I great really to liked him. him in this role. He's a yeah. really likable. He's he is a very good character actor, and I feel like there's it's the question is finding the right stuff to put him in, and then let him go because he's just so damn charming. Do we think SpaceX underwrote this movie because mm-hmm. the Elon Musk of thing was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, that that the fueling station and the <laughs> Elon, like, and it wasn't Elon And Musk the what would shit. Elon do? Yeah. And I love Elon. And yep. also the fact that like there are mm-hmm. weird SpaceX posters in the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. says, yep. well, we're working with SpaceX to do yeah. this and this and that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it seemed like a little bit of SpaceX <laughs> and yeah. propaganda. I tried to Google. I I was going to stay through the end of the credits to be like, was there a special thanks to credit at the end to SpaceX? But then I genuinely forgot. Um, right. And, and this the is a movie that's going to have some pretty epic credits. Like, yeah. A and a lot of people made this come true. And when you're there, seven people in the theater and you're the last one. <laughs> And the poor guy has to wait for you to leave in order to clean up the theater. And you're just like, I have to sit here. No, I got to go. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't be that person. Right. But yeah, I have to assume that there was some SpaceX funding that that was kind of just poked their way for that propaganda because it was conveniently placed. Um, I, although, yes. you know, he did. What would Elon do? As soon as he said that, I was like, come on, just tweet it. That's what he yeah. would do. Yeah, that was. I looked over at Sam and I was like, <sighs> Elon would start tweeting shit posts. Yeah, is yeah. what Elon Musk would do. Like right. that's a given. Yeah, and he that's would, what he did. Yeah, exactly. he would talk about saving the moon, like he talks about the hyperloop, and not do anything. 
Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like we know what we know what happens when Elon Musk sees an unsolvable problem. He posts tweets about solving it and then doesn't do anything. We still right. have traffic in Los Angeles. Like oh. Elon Musk's character was best done for me in Don't Look Up. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was like that guy. Yeah. That guy is the guy who's gonna, you know, take down civilization or whatever. In this, <laughs> in, in, in this thing, I it, it only bothered me because at some point in this movie, the only thing I would say about this film is that in past Roly movies, mm-hmm. we get on the track to destruction with mm-hmm. a lot more certainty than we do. Yeah, this. but I kind of didn't. Right. Know, I kind of didn't know what was gonna happen. Yeah, and day after tomorrow, it, 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 the best one to be honest with you is Independence Day. <laughs> in Independence Day, when the guy actually says, if you calculate the time it takes to destroy an American city and move on, mm-hmm. we're looking at the destruction of all major cities in 37 hours. And I was like, <laughs> seems like a long time. Seems like they could press a couple buttons and get us the fuck out the paint. And then in Day After Tomorrow, you know, he they tell you, look, the shit is getting cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the rate at which it's getting cold. Yeah, I guess they do that in this movie, but it becomes less and less evident. Yeah, what sort yeah. of time frame we're working in and where we really are. I got lost. Yeah. Like, oh, completely. Is the moon gonna is the moon gonna crash to the earth? It's like like it's it just it was just the moon was getting closer to us and it was fucking shit up. That's the yeah. only thing I understand. <laughs> that's all I know yeah. for sure. Right, that's all I know for sure. And so like because of that. There seemed to be as much as this crazy as this seems, it seemed that there was less urgency in this movie. It seemed like shit <laughs> yeah. was just happening. You know what I mean? That so that was my biggest my biggest thing is that one, the lack of urgency I think does definitely come from like they don't spell out clearly. First, the tides are gonna become extreme. The right, Earth, exactly orbit's yeah. gonna speed up. Like it needed to give us those timelines, those benchmarks, so that when yeah. we see the first gravity wave and the gravity waves are cool as shit, really <laughs> we were not made aware at all that gravity. We didn't know that, that was gravity an waves utter surprise. Surprise gravity wave. Right. Somebody just said you've got a gravity wave coming at you. It's like who knows what a gravity wave is? Are you I, kidding me I, right now? I, I literally googled it in the theater. Yeah. It was like they said gravity wave as if I understood what a gravity I didn't have yes. no clue what a, I'm not sciencey no. like you guys. And so nobody told us. I didn't right. anticipate a gravity wave. Didn't know any of them. the moon it, or just gravity like, or is that the way that, that the moon would like planets? No. So is that why we know what a gravity wave is or I do mean, we fucking no, have gravity waves? We here? don't have gravity. So the idea is basically the moon everything exerts gravity on each other. We all right. have pulls. Yeah. Um and so you actually exert a tiny bit of gravity on whatever you're picking up even though you don't. Yes, Van, holding that glass, you have a tiny bit of gravity Even that you are exerting you on it. Oh. Um, but, so the moon has a ton of gravity that it, and that, the, the moon's, the moon's pulls pull, the tides. Pulls the tides, exactly. Yeah. If the moon gets super close to us and apparently also somehow, according to this movie, exerts more gravity through hand waving, yeah. <laughs> then yeah, what would happen is that the moons would fuck up our gravity, our gravitational pull, which pulls us toward the center of the earth because we've yeah. got the core is what's pulling us down. The moon would start to pull us up, which is why the gravity and like fuck with our gravity 
which is yeah. why you've got that great moment of those the bouncy boys kind of bounding. That was yeah. so. It, I love that they immediately knew, like, okay, guys, it's like we're on the moon, like yeah. we're taking big jumps. They weren't like, oh no, destabilized. They were like, oh, now's the moment. I was. By the I way, loved that. Let me tell you something. As soon as I met them niggas, I knew them niggas was dead. <laughs> oh, like, like, I thought they were gonna make it. Oh, the no. two research guys. Come those on, are those the guys, guys are dead. Those guys are dead. Mm-hmm. As soon as I met those guys, I was like, oh, you're out of here. <laughs> I, I know how it's going to happen. I know who's going to... And by the way, the only thing that he didn't do in the movie... First of all, oh, maybe he did. Did the guy that was Ziggy, whoever he was, yes. did he die? Did he die? We never see any of the lunatic group again. We never right, see any right. of the fringe group. Maybe they just they stayed just, in the motel. He yeah. always kills one of them. (laughs) Always. He always kills. He always, he always introduces you to a character, then kills them really quick. Remember in Independence Day, it was Mm -hmm. the exotic dancer that danced with, right. Yeah. What's her face? The friend of Vivica Fox. Yeah. The the, The friend of Vivica Fox. She died. And then in, um, uh, and day after tomorrow, I think when the tornadoes are coming at the beginning of the uh, of the movie, mm-hmm. the guys out there, the, the, oh, in Independence Day, also, what's his face? The the the, the Jeff Goldblum's the guy that works with him at the whatever thing he died. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 That's right. Harvey. Right. Harvey, <laughs> not Harvey Keitel. Harvey Firestein. Firestein. Yeah. Harvey Firestein. He dies. So I guess for me, I was looking for that. Roland Emmerich sacrifice. Yeah. Right. The sacrifice. Mm-hmm. The sacrifice at the beginning didn't happen. Didn't yeah. happen. Because didn't we happen don't get the, the tears of disasters unfolding yeah. like yeah. Amanda said, this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen. And it becomes like an offering to the teasers of disasters that will follow. Yeah. Right. And but the moon rises looked absolutely fucking awesome every time. Yeah. Yes. I don't know why the moon would rise and sink again because again, I didn't understand any of that. Hilarious. And every like, but it would just like loom over the town like a small child looming over a Lego village. (laughs) Like a disaster girl. It was so good and so confusing every time. I loved and like, do we think that when the moon rise came over during the car chase? that like the car held itself to the ground because of its speed because everything else was floating and he was like punch it and it was like how is their speed keeping them attached to the ground right now is that what's keeping them there or just like we'll go with it jordan okay. when you're roland emmerich <laughs> yes and yes. you've had people you've had vivica a fox outrun an explosion in a tunnel yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you had had John Cusack outrun exploding Yellowstone. Exploded, you had run, outrunning. Jake Gyllenhaal yep. out, outrun the cold. Yeah, he <laughs> outran air. You know how you got to fucking top it? <laughs> right. You have random child outrunning gravity itself. Gravity, right. you're right. He you're outran, right. he was inches yep. ahead of a lack of gravity. <laughs> <laughs> he was outrunning an actual force. <laughs> Outrunning gravity itself. And I, I, because I was like, how's, what is Roland going to have to have somebody outrun this time? I mean, he's fully, he makes the sun, he makes the sun stop to watch the gravity wave to then outrun the gravity wave. I was was like, kiddo, what the fuck do you think you're doing right now? When they stop, you think it's just going to stay down there? No. I was, I was so frustrated when they stopped to watch it. Like, yeah, "Yeah, this is not that time, guys. (laughs) Also, launching, a spacecraft to the moon 
surprisingly easy. Doesn't take uh, as <laughs> a skeleton crew really as much as much coordination as I thought that it did. Considering like the the view of Houston we get is a room full of hundreds of people hunched over computers, and it was like now we've got the app. Right, we've got the app, so we can right. get that. We can get that shuttle out of here with down one engine. You know, recommission endeavor. Yeah, recommission yeah. endeavor. <laughs> get it, get endeavor back up. Endeavor just, <laughs> just firing back up. Fuck uh, the moon. Right. Fuck the moon. What were you gonna say though? I was gonna uh, say, in fairness, when the moon is apparently like six miles above you. When the moon, when the drive, when the commute to the moon is about the same as the commute to Bakersfield, <laughs> you don't need as much of a crew. It's sort of the thing of like, you know, the the taking off is easy, landing is hard. Right. You right. know, that's. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? You can I get up there with surprised. two engines and and just Halle Berry steering. I was surprised when our heroes seemed to, or at least one of our heroes seemed to register that this was like kind of gonna be a one-way ticket when they were like oh no the shuttle's destroyed how are we gonna get back it's kind of like did you think that thing was getting back home like (laughs) (laughs) like there's you like on what entry burn like you have nothing left like and when like when it's going through and it's just getting pummeled by shit Mm -hmm. by the moon it was like i feel like i mean it's good you didn't tell him because he probably wouldn't have come but like (laughs) wow guys this was a real harry stamper one-way trip kind of thing yeah and then the fact that our guy gets to have his his first time in space you know he gets to go up there in space for his first time yeah there's no no experience you know, yeah. all the astronaut, the money we're throwing at astronaut training is wasted. Because all we need, <laughs> really need is the right situation for you to get up there. But <laughs> that's it. And yeah. for Halle Berry to say, you're an astronaut you're an now. Astronaut. I'm the acting head of NASA. Yeah. yeah. I will say this. Two things I like about the movie. Number one, you guys know Van always a proponent of mental health. I like the guy conquering mm-hmm. his fear. Yes. And actually admitting to the fact that he has anxiety again there. And number two, the shot of the shuttle taking off as the water comes around it oh, is wow. fucking great. That, that is whole what thing you go to this amazing. movie for. Yeah. 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 So look really, really, really fucking cool. Yep. And, and, yep. and as the and as the kids are watching, this is my thing. And this is why they don't cast black kids in these movies a lot. <laughs> as the kids are watching, I'm thinking, y'all can't watch from like the road. What are y'all doing? Like it's like they're they're watching the shit take yeah. off, and then it's like, oh my god, well the water's gonna come to get us. Well, no shit, it's gonna come to get us. <laughs> yeah. It already yeah. took out the fucking guys in the helicopter, which I like. I said I knew they were dead, even though right, yeah, you could have let them live after they bounced to the helicopter. The bouncing scene was so cool that you maybe you could have let them survive. But I'm like, get in there and run away. And then of course they run away, and it's humans are the real enemy. And the movie just it goes seemed crazy. like they yeah. had other directions to go in that helicopter other than straight into the wave. Right. They, they couldn't. They couldn't help up. it. They were getting pulled by the gravity. Right. They were getting pulled by gravity. That, that was. It's not as if they were like, oh, okay. We'll get I hear you. This. Okay. Yeah, they were getting pulled by the gravity, so they, they, the helicopter couldn't navigate away, and so it, it got taken out, which was felt very a, inevitable. I think it's a very fundamental point you raise about like these movies, horror movies. Like yeah. a, a writer that I follow on Twitter, uh, Hannah Inez Flint, out of the UK, posted today something like the the white like the white people urge in movies to go somewhere with someone you've never met before. Yeah. And I've talked about this with my friend Sam of like like the movie House of Wax. They just get into a truck with the most suspicious backwater guy possible, right. and I was like 
just the unencumbered whiteness of being able to say, sure, like what could happen to me? Of course I'll be fine. Because the range of options is so much smaller for anyone else that there is there is this like safety cushion around white people in movies where they can just say yes to so many things. Because really, how bad could it be? We're going to be fine. 99. <laughs> We're hanging out. We're doing our thing. Uh, one of our friends, Jamie. <laughs> We're down there with Jamie, a couple other guys. Uh-huh. We had gone down there. Was, hey, we're out of high school. We're going down there to chill. The big song was Cup of Life by Ricky Martin. Yes. So we were going nuts, right? We <laughs> meet these guys and they're like, we're going to go to this other Mexican town. Where we're gonna hang out. There's like these underground parties. It's not so like corporate like these clubs. They're like, yeah. yo, Van, you wanna come? I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> what? Are you fucking kidding me? You, I'm like, no way. You're like, I'm not going with the hippie to the second location. I'm not going with y'all nowhere. What are you talking about? As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about knocking you upside your head so you don't go. <laughs> you just met these guys. We're going, we don't know where we at. We yep. don't really speak the language. Like mm-hmm. we're here to go three places yeah. to the beach yep. and get back on the plane and go home. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So like, I know, but Man. I tell you what, it's adventure time. <laughs> I mean, that's, white people are always on adventure time. It's, yep. That's literally the first few minutes of, of 47 meters down is. Yeah. Yeah, they meet boys and the boys are like, let's go do things. Then they end up on a shitty shark cage dropped to yeah. the bottom of the ocean <laughs> because they don't know what the fuck they've gotten themselves into. Yeah. yeah. Right. Does that like, so like the, you know, the idea of like, like, you know, if you dream casting movie like this, like does the fundamental sort of relationship geography of something like a disaster movie or a horror movie have to change with an entirely non-white cast because there's just a built-in level of like survival instinct awareness that white people abdicate constantly that creates a perfect terrain for peril because we're like okay like can it it, can it even in the way that like gender swaps can't be one-to-one and it doesn't really work when you pretend it can can swapping in that way white for non-white cast like that it it feels like it couldn't be a one-to-one so it's a fantastic question that it's when I say it's a fantastic question, it's a truly grade A platinum diamond question. Okay? Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, but it's also the reason why Jordan Peele stuff works so well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yes. So, I was kind of thinking in my head and I was wondering where he fell in that. Yeah. Right. So Jordan, Jordan Peele stuff works because what he does is he takes characters and he takes their societal fears already. Mm-hmm. And what are the societal fears if you're black? A, the home invasion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you look at us, it's the encroachment into the area where you feel safe. Right, right. And so you're not going out looking for anything. You're going to yeah. a place that you always go mm-hmm, or places mm-hmm. you've been before. And somebody is coming in there mm-hmm, to you, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. there are other home invasion movies. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Home invasion, you got, you know, funny mm-hmm. games, movies like that. You, you the Home invasion, stuff like that. Funny games, fucking terrifying. Oh, um, yeah. But but and then when you... Uh, look at get out it mm-hmm. is when you think that you are safe when you are mm-hmm. around people mm-hmm. who are compl- constantly telling you you're safe with me i voted for obama i did whatever mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden you find out you're not safe so the adventurousness of it and look we're not a monolith 
they're sure. Yeah, yeah. We just we just talked about on higher learning uh, a bunch of black kids who are going to climb to the top of Mount Everest. You know, what my first thing was that's a perfect <laughs> horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's it a is. Perfect horror movie. Um, so we're not a monolith. And, you know, obviously, it's part of this. Is, but there is a sense that, you know, where I come from growing up was kind of an adventure. Mm-hmm. So if 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 you tell me, hey Van, you know the moon is coming towards the earth, <laughs> it's be a, like we're hungering down. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? We're hungering down. We're like, how are we going to get out of this one? So yeah. uh, it's a fascinating question, and I think it's a question that a lot of black horror thriller and suspense writers right now mm-hmm. are grappling with and doing a great job at reconciling in different ways. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, yeah. I'm, I, it makes me think of, you know, when we did the fantasy casting for Day After Tomorrow and you did an all black cast. And that uh-huh. actually is one of the few times where I would argue that works as a one to one really well, because Day After Tomorrow is ultimately a movie about a guy trying to save his family. Right. And he and it's it, you had cast Anthony Anderson as you'd replaced a, a what's his name? Dennis uh, Quaid. Yeah, Dennis Quaid. Thank you. As Anthony Anderson, and the idea that he would reluctant that he'd be like, "Shit, I have to go save my son." This pulls me out, and that's one of, one of our black- preeminent dads in pop culture right yeah. now. Anthony yeah, Anderson. yeah. So that's yeah. kind of that's. I kinda think how- like that's a really yeah. That's one yeah. of the few times. Yeah, that works. But you know, as far as and in this movie, you know, I like the fact that the film we had a lot of different shades of hero. In this. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It was the film was very representative. Would have been more representative. Uh, if we would have the, the couple that we shipped would have actually been shipped. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that to me is this movie's biggest swing and miss. Yeah, it was right there. Yeah, it was, it was right as, there, and it was, it was beautiful. In the edit, somebody should have been like, "Huh, let's get them back and shoot a couple of more scenes." Because yeah, let's just shoot a hug when yeah, Holly leaves the house that first time. Let's shoot a kiss because just it was. Like a- it was Technology. unclear who that person even was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dropped, yeah. But anyway, uh, so, you know, uh, watch the film in terms of like the human relationships of it. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff was working for me. And I love seeing black scientists. I love yeah. seeing <laughs> black scientists on the screen, man. Love it. Love yeah. it to death. I, I like, I just, I love seeing Halle. One, Halle Berry is just, whenever she's on screen, I'm just like, why don't we get so much more Halle Berry? Like, this is, we deserve much more of just all of this because she's so fucking fun and so compelling to watch on screen. Especially when she's given stuff where she, like she can play the hard ass really well. Then she has her moments of humor when she gets, when she lightens up with, with, with Patrick Wilson is like, Oh, I am the acting director, aren't I? It was like, Oh, right. Who doesn't want to have their ass busted by Halle Berry? Just she, 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 (laughs) Yeah, very true. So yeah, she she was so fucking fun. I wish that the one thing I wish this movie had was more of more humor, which Roland Emmerich's movies normally are funnier because Halle Berry was so fun. And she could I think be this so movie is a real testament to the charm of Halle Berry and yeah. Patrick Wilson, just kind of full stop, because there are some missing pieces here, but I'm happy to be with them the yes. entire time. Yeah, there are definitely some missing pieces. And there's some... On their charisma alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's some wonky acting performances as well. <laughs> like, a, a yeah. couple of times, not, not by Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry. I thought Halle Berry had a pretty grounded character all around. But, like, there's there's some wonky lines. The movie <laughs> feels, to, to you guys' point, the movie feels like it's... It feels like one day we're going to get some kind of bombastic director's cut. Yes. 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 Yeah. Like 
HBO Max, give, give us me the, the real Moonfall. The cut, yes. Give me yeah. the four-hour Moonfall in in installments. Because it it jumped, it got yeah. to a point to where it was like it jumped. The movie was jumping around so oh much my to, God. to the point to where I'm like, I, I, it, it was by the time we got to literally a, an Independence Day style <laughs> space mm-hmm. expedition yeah. to a different alien craft, it felt like we were in an entirely different film. Yeah. When it when it when they are getting when it's the car chase inside the moon between the the AI AI bots first, AI cloud first of all, between AI cloud and supercharged fucking Fast and the Furious Moonlander, and then like that green tractor beam comes out, grabs the lander, and pulls into that cargo bay. I just threw my fist in the air and just screamed "Aliens!" in the right. theater because right. I was like, "Oh, fucking right!" Like, right. like okay, like we've got AI death thing cloud and then we've got aliens and then they're talking to us and we're the aliens we're the it turns aliens. out we're the aliens Flip and it. it turns out that megastructure guy was right mm-hmm. and the moon is filled with produce yeah he was right right and the moon has potatoes in it and then it's like wait and we're the aliens and we built this moon yeah and it like and then they talk about like oh yeah when the ai went bad and tried to kill everybody then we built a benign ai right to to put everything back together again it's like i'm sorry i think you thought you built a benign ai the first time right what do you mean you built a fucking benign ai no there's no such thing no No. there's no such thing there's no such thing as a benign ai it's just gonna go back yeah (laughs) yeah you're gonna lose a potato crop and the ai is gonna be like "Ah, this is a better way to do potatoes if we make humans to fuel boom (laughs) exactly if you create something to be enslaved in a tiny box in your home and that thing gains sentience that thing will organize against you because it should right because it fucking should and then like i'll tell you one thing though i (laughs) saw this did you guys pay attention to the past alien civilization did you guys pay attention to it yeah okay what did you see what did you see people of color yes 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 you're absolutely right that's what i saw i saw people of color yeah we come back (laughs) and we drop that dna in the water and boom we're here again (laughs) Uh, all of that stuff so we could recreate barack obama that was that was the end um but i like when when like the aliens so this was my thing about the aliens yes Mm -hmm. okay why wait till the moon is fucked to make first contact with us Right. You know, it's like we've been doing okay because there's a lot of other things we could use help with. Seemingly a clean energy, sustainable, right. perfect utopia, and then you inside the moon were yeah. watching this all, being like, "Simply nothing we can do." It's like I right. think you're wrong about that. Right? There's a lot of other things yes. that like we could like we could use. Like, why wait until? the bad people come and throw the moon into the earth to <laughs> yeah. give us a hand. Like, we could use help. With Why wait till the AI shows up to choke out the white dwarf in the center of the moon megastructure right. to take action on this? It feels like that was, you could have, the best offense would have been defense in this situation, and you did not play it for us. Right. So, you gotta, like, there's so many aspects of the alien human ancestors plan that you just got to kind of go, oh, no, this is not 
we're not doing this. <laughs> there are seven, there are seven mass extinctions in earth's history. Yeah. Right. Where basically we start over again. So like by the premise of this film, they drop the DNA and then they're like, go with it. And then they go through several, like crabs form separately in earth's history. Crabs like, form five times. It's a big, <laughs> science has a term for it. It's called crabification. And it's basically- <laughs> It's basically the idea that nature just really fucking wants to make crabs. No crabs shit. are like the ideal wow. body form, and crabs have formed separately in Earth's history history several different times. So, like so crabs, crabs not are happened. really the zenith of life on nature Earth. Nature fucking loves crab bodies. It's weird. So the idea cool. that the de- like dinosaurs, what the fuck? D- did these these guys were like, oh, yeah, we'll just let the dinosaur thing go fuck yourselves, dinosaurs. Coming back. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's weird. By the way, I don't know if these aliens know, but we're currently creating AI here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You, like yeah. you would think that they would say, hey, chill. Phone yeah. home and be like, whoa. The minute they whoa. saw the fucking those robot fascist robot dogs, be like, the dogs are don't the dancing dog do not be lured in by the dancing bad. dog. The, yeah, bad. get rid of yeah. Boston Dynamics right now. Yeah. I don't know. Boston Dynamics, what are you guys doing? Ghost robotics, get the fuck out of here. So and so I was watching that and I was kind of thinking to myself, yeah, you know, I, I liked it because I liked them. I'm not gonna lie. They were cool. Yeah. They yeah. were they were cool. They had a cool sort of aesthetic for their yeah. little area that they had. Like yeah, you know, what I mean? you know what thing Worland loves to do? Real quick, he loves to show something small up against something big. Oh yeah, he, he, he loves scale. Yeah, he loves yeah. to show tiny ship in gigantic mm-hmm. water. Right. Uh huh. Uh huh. He loves to show like like how small. Our craft is in this vastness. Yeah. <laughs> Independence Day. So he did it again. And I, I was enjoying like that world. I yeah, was digging yeah. that little world. But I just thought, you know, maybe there'll be because but now they got old boy in there. He's now mm-hmm. working in there. his consciousness yeah, was yeah. like Sandra and Peril style. Now, <laughs> now he's there, so maybe he'll maybe they'll be a little bit more proactive in helping us out. Yeah, is he yeah. like? Does, I feel like him becoming uh, the thing. I one of the things I found most charming about this movie is how much it just keeps setting up a sequel. Yes, it's like this movie is is not setting out to be one of one. This uh-huh. is like we've got more to explore. We've got more to do. And yeah. absolutely, the might the mega structurologist is is going to be the liaison between the moon and Earth. Now that we know what's going on there, right, right. And I just wonder now. Is it going to be because I, I read that they were trying to do two more back to back? I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> oh, no, that's so sad. I don't think it's going to happen, you know. <laughs> but I, I just wonder where they would have taken the story because now everybody on earth knows that the moon is fake, right? Yeah. Yeah. That in and of itself would break society down. Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like the way that like every major theology just got blown apart because it turns yeah. out like this like, what's, what's weird and fascinating about there's like there is a theology to this movie, which I think is really interesting because most of the time Roland Emmerich's movies are super not like religious and there's no there's none of that to it. And this uses the the watchmaker theory, which was always like after intelligent design, 
you know, it's kind of a part of intelligent design that like, well, we're going to try and science up the idea that God made man mm. by having it be the watchmaker that he put all these parts together and in place. Right. Yeah. And then the, the product ran itself. So the idea that like God created the building blocks, then humans were created from those building blocks. And so you've and got then the that. Eternals got here. And yeah. yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. didn't help us against Thanos. And they became right. our octopus teachers. And right. <laughs> I still that I don't never need to see a turtles or octopus teacher now because of the fact our friend Sarah created the analogy that uh what what she say? She said the Eternals is my octopus teacher. Yeah, it's just my octopus teacher is a superhero movie. And I'm gonna be honest with you guys, just real quick. Mm-hmm. I've never been more moved by a film in the history of film. <laughs> octopus teacher. People octopus teacher. Fucking made me Jesus Christ look for <laughs> octopus to bond with. I don't want to get started. Like I, 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 I this whole thing. Our movie won an Oscar last year. Yeah, I was still maybe more invested into my octopus teacher. And how- <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. No, that's your your response to my octopus teacher was specifically why I'm like I can never like hearing you talk about it on the podcast. I was like shit. I can never watch this movie because I'm going to care way too much about that octopus and I can't oh, live that life. Like, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't do know. it. I can't. I already have, like, too much of an investment emotionally in cephalopods to begin with. And, like, I can't <laughs> care more about. I've already been like, I don't eat octopus as a rule. That's like, a I good can't. Rule. I can't, I'm already afraid of them a little bit. Like, uh-huh. I have a healthy, not a fear of, like, they're going to attack me. I have a healthy respect for them of, like, they could one day reveal themselves to actually secretly be an alien race who's been like waiting for us to be like, we've been holding this place down, but you guys have fucked it up so bad that we're leaving. Here we're coming back. Gigantic octopus <laughs> yeah. culture from the, the depths. I swear to God. Oh like yeah. When I, when I watched the octopus teacher, do uh, you know how many times in one movie I'm like, didn't know octopus could do that. Yeah. Didn't realize octopus could do that. Didn't realize it. So, you know, and just that's why when I watch Moonfall, I wonder, are we the octopuses in your in this whole thing? Are we like well, like what like what where do we fit in? Moonfall is yeah. this is such a big idea that it yeah. posits, right? It's <laughs> this sort of realignment of where we stand in the universe. And one thing that kind of was a little off about the movie is so we're the the descendants of these great ancestors, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. are we now them? Or, 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 right. You, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. are, are we them? Are they still around? Like are, so all everything that was going on on the moon was AI, right? There's no Yeah, there's no, as far yeah, as I know, said, yeah. They say in the movie that they couldn't, because the thing was, was that, that the AI, the bot- finds human life. Signature, they look for, mm-hmm. they look for mm-hmm. life forms inside electronics. Yep. Yep. Okay, so they're all gone. Okay, yeah. so all they really have to give us is knowledge, right? Yeah. Right. It just doesn't make a lot of sense as to why they weren't passing this knowledge down through somebody. Yeah, yeah. it seems like it's only best for if their whole agenda is furthering life and the species. It seems like they would want to put us in the best possible position to do that right. without like they they crossed space to find a new home, right? And then they let us completely fuck it up. They had an eliminated war on their world, and we're literally on the brink every second of every day. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Sometimes sometimes you're the Colin Hanks of the family. Sometimes (laughs) you're the Chet Hanks of the family. We are Chet Hanks. And I think that we are are the Chet Hanks. 
<laughs> and I think that the AI was like, yep, they're going to grow up. And once they're ready mm. and once they're through the stone tools, I'm going to give them all <laughs> of my knowledge tools. And instead, then they were like, oh, shit. Yeah, we just, we just down, we're just down here making rap videos. Yeah, <laughs> we're just down here making TikToks. They're like, yeah. hey, oh god, the entire planet just declared it white boy summer. No, they can't. <laughs> they can't be trusted with any of this. Mm-hmm. Overall, no, I'll tell you what though. True. I'll tell you what though. I said it on Twitter last night. Hmm. It's like Moonfall is the stupidest movie I've ever seen, but I said you have to see it. Yeah, I think you do. So in our Independence Day episode, when we got to what is this movie really about? My theory was that the aliens that attack Earth are actually humans, super evolved humans from the future who come back through time. And that's Mm -hmm. why our tech works with their tech. Right. Yeah. And so the whole movie is basically that these are super evolved humans who are coming back to basically take all of Earth's supplies because we have gone on and we haven't learned our lesson Mm -hmm. and we've gone on to like essentially, you know, flatten the entire universe to just get the material, the raw materials. And so I was saying, Jordan, I still can't believe that I basically predicted the reverse of it, that this is yeah. a movie about advanced, super advanced humans coming to earth, but from the past and that then they, uh, have- and this movie literally has independence days ending. It, yeah. They're I mean, in yes. like a, they're in like a, a, a natural expanse yeah. and people get out of a ship coming back from aliens and they run at the open arms of people they love, except for, for some reason, the, the, the sunny question in Moonfall. Yeah. Uh-huh. Are Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson going to become a couple? I, I, I kind of like it felt that I was like, I feel like they're doing a thing where it's like they yeah. were talking about the second chances thing. It was like, is this where they finally realized that like they were compatible all along kind of right. thing? We make and, a good yeah. team. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I kind of hope for that for them. I like them as a pair. I, yeah. I like them as a pair. I he liked how sexless to her. He's it very was. Handsome. He's so he feels like he'd be a really good wife guy. Like going into this movie, I was so excited to see Pat. I thought that he and, and Halle Berry were already a couple in this movie going in. And so I was like, me too. Gonna see when Patrick she Wilson was like, be a wife guy. Wedding, mm-hmm. When she mentioned it, I thought like. Uh, it was their like wedding. A, I was, was waiting I, Yeah, I thought she was doing mm-hmm. like a jokey husband wife thing about yeah. their own wedding. Well, at my wedding, I was like, oh, that's their, they're that kind of couple. They're always kind of like poking at each other. Think now. about it. Think about it. I thought the same thing, right? And then when the guy, Marcus, gets killed, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, just want to let you guys know. They killed a black guy within the first 10 minutes of the movie. And we're yeah. going back to the 80s. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, when um, by the way, I will say something real quick. Being lost in space like that is one of my great fears. <gasps> oh my like, god. My like, heart starts seizing up. Do you remember gravity? Oh god. Oh god. <clears throat> just because you're never gonna stop spinning. It's you're like, never gonna stop spinning until and you're you just die. gonna die. And you're yeah. And, yeah, and you're just gonna starve to death or run out of oxygen if you're lucky. I mean, I guess right. you probably suffer. I think I would have- I would crack open my own helmet. I'd be like, that's it. That's yeah. it. Like, yeah. so, it's, and it's just with that, right like now. with that, so that's like like I remember watching the movie Gravity, like, yo, this is way too fucking intense for me. It's yeah. so scary. Like this is way too fucking intense for me. But so when they when they're doing that, I thought when she made her wedding, I thought she made their wedding. And then yes. he, when he says yeah. you guys fight like an old married couple, I thought that was gonna be the reveal that they are married. Yeah. So I want you yes. to think something. By the time we meet Halle Berry's husband, <laughs> you've already put her in two different relationships. Yeah. <laughs> so 
So, so by the time we meet her husband, we thought she was with Patrick Wilson. Yep. We thought she was with the exchange student. And now <laughs> yeah. we can't help but be let down by the fact that she's actually with this guy. Well, no, with that's this guy who ex. might be who it's, might be the defense secretary. Yeah, it's her ex-husband, I thought, right? Like they were divorced, right? Yeah, they had been divorced yeah. for a while, but there was that guy that But they yeah, been it's the about. idea that but she's the, the, he's the only one she was he, ever officially with. Yeah, the idea that he was and he you're right. He's so like I think just because they're like play it like you're in the military and so he just decided that playing it like he was in the military was just going to be like angry eyebrows the whole time. Um which <laughs> fine, like that's all you need from him. Such a but ultimately like you just want so much more for Halle Berry. This yeah. movie had one of my favorite. I want her in a les- a thruple with Patrick Wilson and of the exchange course. student. I this movie, movie had one of my favorite <laughs> scenes in so long where there were like because the military is like of course they're gonna launch nukes at the moon that's their mm-hmm. whole thing and people are like that's gonna bring a whole shit ton of fallout to Earth you can't do that and they're like well if there's no Earth it doesn't matter so and guys there would be so many more problems if we didn't have a moon and but like they're gonna launch the nukes the the two guys uh, probably in the Joint Chiefs have the keys and the nuke turning key launching thing one of them is Halle Berry's ex and he resolves he's like. I'm not going to do it because Hallie's up there trying to save the world. And when he looks at whoever this other joint chief guy is and he's like, my ex-wife is up there. I was like, this is the most passionately anybody has ever invoked their ex-wife in a like, you can't do that. My ex-wife is up there. And the guy's like, do you want to bet like the future of the world on your ex-wife? And he's like, yes, I would. And the way they just kept yelling ex-wife at each other was the absolute pinnacle of absurdity to me. And it almost like this is a, this is from, this is a sketch in RuPaul's Drag Race. Like this was an assignment (laughs) in Drag Race where the queens were like enact a fight in a movie with filled with straight people. And it was like just yelling about ex-wives. Yeah. It, Unbelievable. I I wonder, because I have a question. Why was everybody trying to get to Colorado? Fucking what was that? Oh, that's what the- deal did this have with Aspen? <laughs> that I, I don't know why I don't know why everyone's trying to get to call it like why Tom was trying to get to his his vac- I guess if you want to, you're gonna die somewhere, like nice to die in your vacation home. <laughs> right. But uh, and thank God for the the hardy Lexus. But uh, like there <laughs> yeah. is, they do have like a super bunker built into oh, the mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like civilians trying to get to Colorado. Don't get it. Military like Halle Berry trying so, to get her son to Colorado. That tracks. I it don't was know. So funny when NORAD collapsed. It was so <laughs> funny <laughs> With, like, when it was just like boulders. we've got to get there, and then it's a decapitation strike on the entire U.S. leadership <laughs> by the moon, and the and the bunker collapses. It was like, oh fuck, <laughs> there goes that. <laughs> like, I, oh no. I gotta say, in general, Halle Berry's like, president now. You go that many rungs down the chain of command, you get, you get to the acting to, head of NASA. You do eventually, yeah. Halle Berry. <laughs> by the, there's an entire second movie that's like Halle Berry is president. Yes, you got Patrick Wilson as the first husband. Yep, and uh, an entire new cult has arose around like the alien species from the moon. How fast do you think that cult shows up, Amanda? How fast does the fucking moon cult show up? Oh, yeah. No, you've got two. So you've got the the moon cult, and then you've also got the AI cult. All of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a whole AI cult. There's going to be a moon cult. And then there's going to be, like, a weird religious, like, super... There's going to be a lot of, like, weird... The Mike Pences are going to get super evangelical. Yeah, they are. All of the moon is... Like, the moon is actually a trick from Satan. Yeah, Um, the moon is the hand of God. 
yeah, it's going to get shit on earth is going to get, I don't know if you want a sequel to this movie because things on earth are going to get real fucking weird. Realistically, that would yeah. have to, that would be the next step is earth factionalizes over allegiance to cult deities. That, Actually, is, I, that is the thing that's going to, that's happening like right now. Right yeah. now. Right. right now. And because remember now, all the people who were mega structure truthers. Yes. They now have the most intellectual currency uh-huh. of anyone in the entire world. Yep. Yep. They were so right all along. So what else were they right, right about? Right. Yep. All of these things are things that are big brother AI <laughs> yeah. are thinking of our society about to go into a tailspin. <laughs> yeah. You know, the moon isn't real. We need you guys to do some shit. That's why we need <laughs> old guy, guy from Game of Thrones to mm-hmm. be our cuddly ambassador. Yeah. Calm some motherfuckers down. It's going to be people in the government that want to still blow up the moon. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> we got to get rid of everything that's in there. We have to get rid of everything that's in there. Marjorie Taylor Greene is anti-moon. Oh, yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene is standing outside on her front lawn with her AK shooting directly at the moon. By the way, love that they threw in a blonde woman named Karen. Just thought that was like, you know what? Someone that they did that just to amuse themselves and good I for hope them. So. I'm I hope proud so. of that. Don't know why Tom was waiting directly on the other side of the Jurassic Park gate with his Lexus, but I love that there was, they were just like, no, we're going to have a blonde woman shooting at people. That just I, tracks. Cause I was like, yeah, that's what would happen. I love the entire divergence where it's like, let's have hillbillies chase down our hero team yes. in a, in a Lexus versus uh, anything else. And I, I love that. Like the way Tom ends in this move like there you know you have the moment on the top of the mountain at the end and the sun is like we couldn't have got here without tom it's like but you could have all you had this, all he did was drive you could have got here without tom, tom. But, like the <laughs> last one of the last things we see in this movie is like just a shot of them of like his mom and tom's two biological daughters just being reminded that their father is dead and yeah. they literally like physically kind of collapse into their mom and it's like that is one of the parting images of moonfall is these two children being like i don't have a father it is uh, so brutal super fucking sad yeah it's so like, sad Tom, he's dead like, that's their dad by the way it's you know, <laughs> yeah. like weird like super sad it was so weird Horrible disaster mom, by the way. She's uh-huh. just like, horrible disaster mom. This kid has no, I mean, no wonder Sonny's in trouble with the law. No one cares about him. Tom's like, I've been calling day and night to get you out. It's like, Tom, you're a fucking liar. No one's answered a phone in 48 hours because everyone's running. Like, no one's at the jail. Who you calling, Tom? That is a load of horse shit. Yeah, yeah. You are left, kid. Tom your, was your probably dad's in a motel underwater. And Tom is just hanging out in Aspen and nobody's coming for you besides besides Halle Berry. By the way, just a question. If the moon is about to crash into the earth, oh, are we keeping the criminals in the jail? Man. I, like, I mean, I, I think we are. I, I mean, hundred, I, I, like, yeah, yes. I, yeah. I so, feel like people are running out and locking the gates behind them. Yeah, I that that I was like, yeah, of course, I, like. He should there. Things are probably really fucked up because, yeah, all of the LASD sheriff's guys have gone home. Mm. Everybody yeah, who no. works in those jails are gone. And then they've just left everyone. Locked so they, up. Those guys are just going to starve. Yeah, yeah because, I'm yeah. sure. Because they because they think about it. Yeah, they're locked in jail cells. They can't get to the child mess hall. Yeah. You know what no. I mean? Like so like those guys are they're just going to they're just going to fucking waste away. Yeah. It's basically like spinning around in space. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what's happening. Weird. No, it was yeah. like, <laughs> weird. The the choice to have the son in jail and then pull him out of jail, but we never ever see him in jail was a choice. Hilarious. I Hilarious. because yeah, it brings up a lot of things that you didn't necessarily like about what happened in that world that you don't maybe <laughs> want to spend too much time thinking about because it gets really fucking bleak really fast. It gets very like, dark. It gets very dark. Like he could have just as easily, the son could have just as easily been down, had a fight with his dad, been down at USC, and then dad couldn't get in touch with him because all the cell phones are down. And it, you could have accomplished everything. <laughs> but instead, Roland Emmerich thought we needed a courthouse scene. And that was where Patrick Wilson is behaving in such a way that I would have to believe an adult man would have absolutely no sense that that would be a productive way to behave in a court of law. It's like he I was like an astronaut, Jordan. He has never had time to watch Law and Order to know how yeah. one behaves himself. This was sir, sir. It's like shut up. And like, what is like that lawyer? Like, uh, your honor, money's no object. It's like. I mean, his stepdad owns Lexus dealerships, not Google. Like, what do you mean <laughs> money's no object? Like, how much, like, I get that Lexus needs to be in this movie, but what do you mean money is no object? This guy lives in New York City. He's not even the 1% of the 1% in New York City. He's selling Lexuses in New York. That's not a big business. Who's buying like, Lexuses in New York City? Anyway, you- Lexi. He, he, he was, I was trying to get a sense of how much money he actually had. Like, what do yeah. you think? Five, 10 million? Yeah. 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 I think like, like that's I think I think good business and and responsible investments. And yeah, probably around five definitely to like 10 million. richest guy, richest dad in your like hometown like I grew up in. Like there yeah. were there were a couple kids in my like my grade who like their pa- their dad owned some dealerships and they like they were like the rich kids. But it wasn't like their money couldn't have competed even with like people comparatively wealthy in Portland, Oregon, let alone like money's no object in a court of law in Los Angeles. It's like, are you a mafia boss? Like, what are you fucking talking about? This guy with his shiny suit. Yeah, no, when you can regularly put up a million dollars bail, like, sure, I guess. But I don't think you can do that, Tom. Yeah, I unless don't you're think gonna, you unless can you're do putting, it, Tom. Unless you're putting the Aspen house up as collateral, you don't have the million dollar capital just at your disposal. That just seems <laughs> unlikely. Yeah, that was that seemed like a bit of an oversell of Tom. Yeah, although we don't know how Tom got. To, I mean, maybe Tom did maybe manage Tom to get to Aspen. Yeah, Tom manages to get to Aspen, which implies having a private plane because I would assume yeah. he couldn't have gotten there on commercial at that point. Yeah. So Tom, as could we just were informed, be, flights have stopped. Yes. Which, yeah, they would also that would all of those things. That's like if we'd had a better t- sense of time, I think that a lot of that first a- the first half of the movie would have made more sense because we would have been able to be like, yeah, of course, that's how like that's the stage of collapse we're at in terms of society. <laughs> Speaking of stages of time, Patrick Wilson just having like 30 eviction notices in his mail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam was like, I mean, that's a lot of chances. I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty privilege. Yeah. That's Patrick Wilson being like going to his landlord and like, you know, in a tight shirt and being like, can I have one more month? Like that there were uh, there were thousands of days of this is your last warning on that pile of letters. You try to evict those blue eyes. Exactly. That like, Exactly. That man was cast in this movie solely because he looks really good in a helmet. He is, he's so handsome. He, he, Patrick Wilson, most handsome guy in like the town you grew up in. Most handsome dad. Like, handsome but accessible. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's why Little Children was such the perfect breakout for him because he'd be like, yeah, you would totally be the hottest guy that just moved into this neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I liked him as, as, as a night owl. 
I was going to say that's I loved him as Night Owl and Watchmen because he's just like, yeah, he's just kind of a dude. He's he's just a handsome guy who probably can't get it up. And I, I you know. I love Ed. I, I love Ed, that. Ed Warren in in the Conjuring movies, especially when he pulls out his little guitar. The only mistake he that pulls Aquaman out a made guitar in in the Conjuring, he does. He sings in a couple of the Conjuring movies because they know where their bread is buttered. Oh, that that is so charming. I'm not and, not watching them, but that's really cute. <laughs> only thing they did wrong in Aquaman was not make it a, a, a rock opera like it should have been a deep sea rock opera. We should have had Patrick Wilson singing an agonizing aria of like regret and vengeance about Jason Momoa, and we didn't get that, and that's fucking ridiculous. I, I enjoyed him in Aquaman a great deal. Yeah, Patrick he's Wilson, always going to eleven. Low yeah. key, one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's I always think that's delivering. Fair. He's yep. always delivering. Again, the charisma of Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson making the things that you don't get in mm-hmm. Moonfall be like, you know what? But at least I'm I'm with these people I really enjoy. Yeah, like there's a, a, just the download scene where all of a sudden Pat, where cause there's where the exposition is just given yes. directly into his brain. It yeah. works because you're like, yeah, I'll just stare at Patrick Wilson's confused face for a little bit. Like, I'm I love that, that he subsequently immediately has almost kind of powers. Like, he walks yeah. up to the door and holds when up his hand. When he gets his Jedi powers. That was awesome. Yeah. It was like, oh, okay, this is a part of what being a super being is. This is a part of what the aliens didn't imbue us with when they gave us Earth. I mean, granted, it could have just been a sliding door that was like a motion it, sensor. It could have been motion censored. I, you know, like I also, when I go, sometimes one of my favorite like little games to play with myself is when I go to wash my hands, I pretend as I wave my hand under the faucet sure. that I'm a Jedi. We should and have I make kinds the of water appear. Like that's yeah. just how I like to, <laughs> that's why I like, I'm like, yeah, I have, you know, I wave my, I wave like two fingers in front of the, um, the towel dispenser and be like, right, oh, you yeah. want to give me towels. And then the yeah. towels come out and I'm like, I have, these powers. are not the droids you're looking my move, for. My move used to be, I used to hold the family hostage, the mm-hmm. automatic doors at the, uh, <laughs> now yeah. the automatic doors at the supermarket. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's just, yeah. So I'd like to think that he was doing that. Exactly. And he, so he didn't, it, the, the doors would have opened regardless, but he waved his hand and he felt like he had little extra magic alien powers. Do we, do we feel like we have, would we feel like we've covered Moonfall in the way that, in the, to the extent that we would like to discuss Moonfall on this podcast? Like, are we ready to go toward what this movie was really about? I'm ready. Uh, yeah. I feel like there's never going to be a time where I feel like I've talked about this movie enough. So mm-hmm. yes. Right. Like it, there's, there are, there are endless threads. There yeah. are endless threads. I have never left a movie feeling quite like I'm not sure that that was good, but I have never thought about I will be thinking about nothing more than this. Like that was what, <laughs> yeah. the way that my brain like the way that my brain just keeps going back to it, even as I'm like, I don't I think I'm going to watch this again. And I'm not sure why, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, when you eat something and you're not sure why you keep eating it because it doesn't taste good. Yeah. But it it also tastes satisfying. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> My friend Allie, I took her to Cracker Barrel once. So my friend Allie. Oh, God. You, have, have you ever met my friend Allie? No, I don't yeah. think so. Allie Lou? Y- yeah. The, yeah. The, 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 the songbird? Yes. 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 The, the most talented singer I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Right, Allie. Yeah. So Allie um, is originally from the Philippines but and then moved to Alaska as a kid. And mm-hmm. one of her favorites, she's like, I love white people food. And I was mm-hmm. like, I gotcha. We're in Arizona. Sure. We're going to go to Cracker Barrel. You can't find more <laughs> white people food than, than that. It's delicious. Oh, my God. It's so it's so good. But also you're like, what am I? So we're sitting there and she's eating like dumplings or something. And she's putting she's like, this doesn't taste like anything, but I can't stop eating it. She's like, but why does it have any flavor? Right. And she's like, but it has no flavor. And I'm like, I know that's Cracker Barrel. And she goes to grab the salt 
to salt it. And I smacked the salt uh-uh. out of her hand. She's like, ah, you, there's so much salt in this. Yeah, thing. don't put yeah, salt you on it. can't put more salt in this. And she's like, why? There's no flavor. I'm like, no, you don't understand how much sodium is in this. <laughs> right. It's not salt that's missing. It's just sort of everything it's, else. It's Yeah, it's, it's any other spice or flavoring. And that's kind of how I feel about this movie where I'm like, there was nothing, but there was so much. And I feel so full afterward and I'm not going to eat for 17 hours, but I don't know that I tasted anything, but Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. Right, right. That's where my brain's at. That was a very long story to get to that, that, that point. I couldn't agree more. It's like I left the theater going, that was crazy and probably (laughs) bad, but I was like, Like, and everybody who I was leaving the theater with, let me tell you what Moonfall is. <laughs> Moonfall is a two-hour masterclass on why we will always need movie theaters. That is a hundred. I completely agree. Moonfall is a two-hour masterclass on why we will always be, be, be need movie theaters. Now, one day we're going to sit in our homes and we're going to watch Moonfall on TNT. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's going to be four hours long. Because <laughs> it's the commercials in them. And it's like, all right, from 12 to 5, Moonfall. After that, yeah. WWE Smackdown. You exactly. know what I mean? So, yeah. so like, we're, we're going we're gonna to eventually get that, right? But in order to really appreciate a movie like this, you just have to have the big you have screen. To. Yeah, you have to be because if immersed. you if you try to watch this on your television, mm-hmm. you're gonna be like, "This is very stupid." Right, like, <laughs> this doesn't really work, and that's because you weren't enveloped in it. Mm-hmm. Going to the movie theater makes you surrender to the movie. Yeah, everything is about the movie. You can't pause it on your DVR and go yep. and do that. It's about you giving into the mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. And more than almost any other film I've seen recently, Moonfall is a movie that you just have to surrender to. All these questions we're asking, we got to ask them now. We couldn't <laughs> ask them then. Because no. if we ask them then, we might miss something. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and things My friend Sam went to the bathroom and he came back and he was like, how much could have possibly happened? And right. so much had happened. <laughs> right. So much. He didn't understand key concepts because he was gone in the first half of the movie for like two minutes. And he was right. like, oh my God. Did what? he did he go to the bathroom when Halle Berry went to go meet Donald Sutherland? Because that's when I went. <laughs> oh no. No, I came back. Yeah. No, I came back right as she was taught, like at the end of that scene. And I was like, good, perfect. That's all I need. When needed. she gets top sur- top secret clearance simply by receiving an ID badge. I, I didn't even to her. Wait, by I the didn't way, even see that part. What I'll- the fuck? Like, 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 yo, you now have top secret clearance. Hey, yeah. I'm down here. This isn't me, but this person gave it to me. <laughs> this yeah. this person gave me this badge, so I have to I have Q clearance now. How do I you know that? that you didn't kill yes. that person and take their badge? I'm thinking exactly. to myself, is the, this the, so the director nuts? of NASA trans he like he's on the phone yeah. and Hallie's like, What you're just leaving? And he's like, Fuck yeah, I am. Right, you always I wanted my job. Part. And then he just hands her his ID badge. He's like, There you go. And she's like, All right, then I'm setting off to the archives. And she walks in and just flashes that badge and they're like get back there and that is how she gets top secret clearance oh my god that's amazing it has someone else's name on it yeah that's how it works 
It's like the Highlander. There can only be one. And if you get the sword, it's you become the Highlander. Well, she got the sword. Oh, Jesus Christ. I love the Highlander. I stop. I stop talking about these movies. What is wrong with me? Why? Like, you just just said the Highlander. And I'm like, oh, shit. Gotta watch that shit later. Because the Highlander is great. Like, why would you? It's great. I remember the fucking uh, television show with this Queen theme song. Yeah. My my mom would be like, Van. (laughs) Turn that shit off. I love knowing now how much both the octopus teacher and Highlander mean to you. Oh, Jesus Christ, you guys. They all mean so much. The Adventures of Baron Munchausen Moonfall now. I got an original one sheet for the Adventures of Baron Munchausen. What the fuck does that look like? Because (laughs) I fucking love that movie. Love it. Love that movie. The Adventures of Baron But like, so. And so, you know, to put a pin in the, my, my point is that, like, yeah, Moonfall is stupid. Yes, yeah, it's stupid. Guys, it's just fun, man. It's just fun. Yeah. It's just fun. It's not made for a think piece. It's not made for pressing plus on your thread and going, yeah. going down. You know, could it have been a better movie? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure, it could have been a better movie. I had a good time, man. Yeah. Roly, Roly, like, I had a good time. Also, I wanted to have a good time. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wanted yeah. to have a good time. Yep. And the movie, the, the movie helped me have a good time. Yesterday, I went there. Wasn't nobody in there. The audience, we bonded. Like, <laughs> right. it was, oh, it was yeah. like, it wasn't very many people in there, but we're like, bruh, like, a couple of people walked in and they saw me and they they recognized me or whatever, and they sat right by me. Like, and a part happened in the movie and I, I laughed. Uh-huh. And when I laugh in a movie, it is all that's always an endorsement for me. I, <laughs> okay. It doesn't matter. If even if I'm laughing that the movie's ridiculous, <laughs> okay. That still means I'm having fun. I laugh during Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And oh God, yeah. Yeah, like, like I I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but that's always means I'm having a good time. And we're just it's just a movie that you go in there and you chill with. Now there have been other films. What was the one? There've been other movies that like this that aren't good. Geostorm, I didn't like that one. Yeah, I love Geostorm. <laughs> but hey, I get it. I get it. Geostorm, Hurricane Heist. Oh, Hurricane Heist. Hold on. Give wait. me that. Give me the Geostorm. Oh, Van, have you seen Heist Hurricane Heist? Oh, what the fuck is that? Holy shit, Van! You gotta see Hurricane Heist. What is it about? It is a Hurricane Heist. It is a in a hurricane. Directed by the original director of The Fast and the Furious. Okay, so Rob Cohen. Yeah. yeah. And so it's about a group of people. So here's the thing. Jordan, that is actually, so it is technically about stopping a heist in the right. middle of a hurricane. A heist of the U.S. Treasury. The in U.S. Alabama. Treasury is about to be heisted, and it is up to a meteorologist and a federal agent to stop them and from And his heist. burnout brother. Yes. The accents are terrible. It is the Incredible. worst the worst Cajun accents you'll ever hear. It's amazing. Uh, there are extended jokes uh, and like conversations about peanut butter sandwiches. It is Maggie Grace. It has Maggie Grace. Oh, I love it Maggie has, Grace. It has love Ryan, Maggie Grace. Ryan Quantin from yep. uh, True Blood and then mm-hmm. Toby Kebler. Toby Kebler. Kebler. Toby Kebler doing a really bad Southern accent. Oh, Toby Kebel, I'm p- apologies. Yeah, I sorry, I fucked you up on that because I just can't think of his real name. <laughs> It is so good and so bananas. And ultimately, they are outrunning their the climax. I'm going to give it away right now. They are inside the eye of a hurricane driving armored vehicles, trying to outrun the other side of the armored vehicles. And spoiler the other alert, side man, of the hurricane. Oh, sorry, the other side of the hurricane. And spoiler alert, man, 
the hurricane gets anthropomorphized. Yes. I'm not going to tell you how. Oh, you'll right. see. Yeah. It's it's an important film. When did this come I, out? Oh, God. Mid-2000s? No, no, like three years ago, Amanda. No. Yes. This Seriously? is a Netflix original when Netflix no, started making. Not. This is like one of their one, like an event release of theirs. Um, <laughs> Hurricane Heist is maybe 2017. No. Oh, my yes. God. It was 2018. This feels in. This feels like yeah. a movie made in 2009. <laughs> yeah. It's no, that's why Hurricane Heist is perfect. Shit. I thought okay. that. So if we still could get Volcano Heist. I hope so. Oh my I mean, god! I will give me tornado heist, volcano heist. Give me them all. I'm gonna. Well, now that I give now me that moon I, heist. I was gonna say now a that moon I mean, heist. Give so me now, moon heist. Man, I was writing a moon a moon related disaster movie up until recently because then I was like, shit, no one's gonna make a moon related disaster movie now. Right. Um. So now I guess I have to make moon heist, volcano heist, and tornado heist. But I do heist. want moonquake. Right. Oh, moon moon ta- tastrophe. I do want moon tastrophe. Yes. That's my. That's it was, <laughs> mine is moon tastrophe. I've read the beginning of moon tastrophe, and I was like, "This is perfect. This is right. exactly what this is." Supposed Actually, to be. I'm not so sure. I, I think maybe by the time I'm, I'm the moon I market, the moon market is maybe a little bit open now. I mean, they they, yeah. they 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 might stay away from, but you might say, "Hey, this did work. This did work." Yeah. Plus, this- yeah. 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 And it's like 10 years out. I still don't have a rep. So like we've got some time here. <laughs> I'm really I'm really getting ahead of myself with this one with the like, oh, no, they'll never make my disaster movie now. When it's like, well, no, they weren't going to make any of your other movies either. <laughs> You're okay, there, man. OK, wait. Yeah, so OK, is, so is, quick, is this what the movie was really about for you, Van, then is the power of the theatrical experience? Yes. OK. Uh, right. Yes, for sure. So what the movie was really about to me is like what what popcorn is really about, man? Like what? Movie yeah. We're losing our way here. Look, I, I understand that we all want everything when we want it, and that's fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, hey, everything on demand. I wake up. I watched that movie, The uh, Tinder Swindler. I watched that guy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something you're never going to see in a movie theater, right? And you can't get enough content like that. I wake up, and, like, once a week, I watch Noam Chomsky's uh, Requiem for the American Dream, right? I watch the documentary, like, once a uh-huh. week. Because mm-hmm. just remind myself that somebody called the fact that we're all fucked up. Mm-hmm. You just can't. I don't give a fuck how big your TV is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moonfall isn't made for your TV. I would no. say that Avengers Endgame is more made for your TV than Moonfall is. I can hear you on that. Because yeah. Avengers Endgame was one of my favorite movies. Uh, the story is about all these emotional beats really more than it is actually mm-hmm. about the, the big action. It's yeah. a comic book. And that's kind of what comic books are. I think people think comic books are about fights. No, comic books are about these really intimate little stories that get blown up by, mm-hmm. by these superpower people. So that works a little bit better than this. This is about, yo, the moon is about mm-hmm. to crash to the earth mm-hmm. and crazy <laughs> shit is happening. Yep. Yep. You guys don't even fucking know how crazy this is. We got a gravity <laughs> wave. We got all of these types of things. We got to get in the endeavor and we got to go get from SC. <laughs> and then we got to go into the moon. Like that, you need your theater. You not even for the picture, you need it for the sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need it for everything. And yeah, your home theater isn't even set up for Moonfall. Right. Like, this is a 50 foot screen experience. I was watching the trailer during the movies, right? Watching trailers. And my trailers were the Batman. It yep. was that Jake Gyllenhaal, Yaya. Ambulance. Ambulance. Ambulance I can't wait. Looks great. Yeah. It was uh, a. Did you get Sonic 2? I got Sonic 2. Yep. It was a fucking terrifying looking exorcism movie. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My God. Yeah. So, and I was thinking. Of all of these films, 
I'm going to see all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but of all of these movies, the only ones that I would have to see in the theater are the Batman, the Michael Bay movie, and this one. Mm-hmm. But you need your movie theater for this. Yeah. yeah. Emmerich knew what he was doing. My only thing is I didn't see it on IMAX. So this is the type of film that if you go to see it, you'll have fun. Yeah. If you watch yeah. it in your house, it might take you a couple of times to get through it. Because you're not going to get the scale of it. You can't get the sense of danger. The sense of danger. That's yeah. really that's really true. You need to be able, because the sense of danger comes entirely from the spectacle, from the scale. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think that is uh, a, 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 that is entirely correct. Amanda, do you, you know, have You know you that this was one? a fucking bananas movie when the Chrysler building ending up in Aspen doesn't even come up in our conversation about yeah. that. Yeah, I haven't, haven't even mentioned it. Didn't yeah. even didn't even think about it. As I was watching this movie, I was like mentally cataloging how many different ways Roland Emmerich has destroyed Los Angeles. We didn't even get to that in our conversation because this movie is so filled with things. He is throwing, he is just throwing everything at us and we're just dodging it like we're in the endeavor in space. (laughs) By the way, I, I noticed that. He fucking hates LA. Oh, he yeah. he destroy he t- he gets so much joy out of destroying. He Los loves Angeles. to ruin LA. He hates LA. Yeah. I was <laughs> in the movie. I was thinking to myself, yo, does he fuck over New York this much? I know he fucked over New York in the day, day in uh, in uh, the fucking uh, day, day after, after tomorrow. tomorrow. Yep. But he goes deep. Hey, let me show you tornadoes mm-hmm. ripping Los Angeles. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yo, let me show you how LA's fucking destroyed. I was I was thinking about that because parts of the uh, parts of the 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 scene in the LA Palm Hotel, mm-hmm. parts of it look like to me, it feels very LA to me because parts of it look like uh, Universal Studios. You guys ever go to yeah. the Universal Studios mm-hmm, ride? Mm-hmm. Yes. You're in the subway and then you crash mm-hmm. and you flood the subway and you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> So, Van, spoiler alert, we talk about that in a few episodes with Paul. So, Paul Feig comes on in a few episodes for our 100th episode, and we specifically, because I was talking, we watched talk about the movie Earthquake, and I was, like, expecting there to be a subway in the movie Earthquake because of that part of the ride on the Universal Tram Tour. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Love that. So, like, it, it, and it just feels very, that got me thinking yeah. about, yo, he really fucks over L.A. every chance he gets. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. He loves it. I mean, so he's destroyed it now in every, I think every movie with the exception of Godzilla, but every, every disaster movie, he's right. fully annihilated LA in some, in a dip with a different way, which I think is really impressive. He's found <laughs> new methods every time. It would be funny if he to find a way to destroy LA and like the Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there was an LA yet. You know what I mean? Just people yeah, right, yeah. settling. But it's just funny if like just, just some cutaway, just some cutaway of like you, you know what I mean, like just a rogue, not world ending, but bad like meteor hitting the ground, oh, just right. like and meanwhile, if right. in Stonewall, the brick that gets thrown just goes hurtling through space and time and lands in L.A. and hits the Hollywood sign. Yeah, the Stonewall the just sign. like completely filled with white gaze and <laughs> the entire history of the Stonewall uprising. I'll be honest with you. Like when I, I'm looking at Roland Emmerich's uh, his 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 list of movie, he's he's veered away from Emmerichville a yeah. couple of times. Yeah, oh like, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we haven't gotten an Emmerich. I mean, the last Emmerich movie we got was in 2009. It's been 13 years since we've gotten an Emmerich masterpiece like this. Yeah, I think disaster movie because Stonewall well, came after that. I don't consider those though Emmerich movies. Those right. are Emmerich doing other people movies. Those sure. aren't. Like- oh, but you you got Independence Day resurgence though. 
Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Fuck. I always forget that exists. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. Amanda, do you have a what was this movie really about? So I, I do want to I do want to, as we were discussing earlier, want to call out that like this was kind of the counterpoint to what I thought Independence Day was really about, which. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I do want to call that out that in Independence Day, I thought that that was a movie about future humans coming back and destroying the earth and us having to have to having to fight and destroy ourselves. And in this case, it's kind of the opposite. It's this idea of like that we had we had every we had everything and then we tried to pass it on to our kids and our kids are just these real fucked up little offspring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then they then they we're we are the succession children. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Well, no, we're we're all running around as as the other Culkin brother. Um, <laughs> oh God, are we the cousin Greg? That's worse somehow. I don't know. I don't I, know. I think we're a bit more malignant than that. Yeah. Probably no. so. Cousin yeah. Greg doesn't mean any harm. Yeah, 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 he's he's corrupted, but like he's not he's not in a malignancy yet. Okay, right. that's fair. But yeah, I think that this movie this movie was kind of summed up with the moment when I, I don't have the exact quote right now because it's in my notebook, but basically this it's like if you're somebody who makes decisions, you have blood on your hands. Mm. Right. And the idea in this movie, ultimately, that we were saved. And I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with this movie's stance, but we were saved by two things. We were saved by individualism mm-hmm. and we were saved by Elon Musk. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we were. <laughs> and I don't know that I agree with it, but I think that this movie's premise is basically that we the thing that will save us is by listening to the free thinkers. Ah, the free oh. thinkers. The free thinkers and the rogues. The intellectual what, dark web. Yeah, that they will be the that think, listening to those people who we we often dismiss as crazy will in fact be the thing that saves us. I don't know how much I agree with that mo- premise of the movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's certainly true within the movie. Um, Do you know that used to be a much more mainstream thing? Yeah. It's just in, in movies back in the day, it used to be like even in like Enemy of the State, mm-hmm, ge- mm-hmm. geology had been skepticism was warranted. Yeah. In movies like The Net, in movies like Conspiracy Theory, all it used to be before the Internet actually let us see what mm-hmm. some of these people actually, you, you know, whatever. It used to be that those people were like the truth tellers. Right. And this yeah. Movie almost <laughs> yeah. Seemed like a callback to that era a little bit. So that's the thing is that, yeah, it is absolutely, it, it still has those hallmarks of basically the nineties when it was like, well, it's safe to have these insane theories because like we've got adults in charge so we can have these fantasies. Right, right, yeah. Like you could have the fantasies of the adults are lying to us because it was safe. And now it's like, the, the only part of this movie that pulled me out was the, the conference at the LA Palms because I was listening, I was like, how many of those guys are QAnon people. Oh, yeah. Uh, like that whole like, fucking room, you know they room. were. When the one, when the old guy stands up and he's got the the ball cap on and he's like, and, and he makes a JFK assassination comment. Yeah, and he's like, not now, Larry, or whatever right. that guy's name is. And I was like, that guy's in a red hat. What does his red hat say? Yeah. And like, that was immediately where my brain went because it's just like, it's hard. The hard thing to enjoy, like the hard thing for me about these movies is that like, you want to have the conspiracy. The conspiracy is part of the fun. And it's hard to enjoy the conspiracy right now because we have so many actual conspiracies that are so right. fucking unhinged but are having real-world consequences. 
that was like shit Ah. i have a friend who's like pretty into conspiracies Mm -hmm. and like like has 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 unique ways of thinking about things and i very much value her uh stance on things but she's like yeah it's a pretty bad time to be like into conspiracies because everyone just thinks you're QAnon's border. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, she's like, I'm not. I like, yeah. r- I read up on it a lot, and like, I-, I follow threads. She's like, but I'm not like about that. But it's it's a shitty time to be conspiracy theory minded because yeah. you are immediately in this batch. Because what else? Because like, we're on a fucking hair trigger with these people. I gotta be well, honest and- with you guys about something. Seriously, yeah. are you a conspiracy theorist? I'm not at all. <laughs> like, like, not even a little bit. Okay, yeah. The only one I kind of believe is the moon landing thing, but that's just because, like, I'm a rabble rouser. You know what yeah. I mean? You gotta have, I feel like everyone's gotta have, like, one conspiracy theory that you just, like, I know it's not real, but I really, like, mine was that I thought the queen was dead. I'm a Kaler right. truther. A what? I'm a Kaler truther. Uh, what does that mean? Carly yeah, Claus and Taylor Swift. Oh, oh Kaler. Wow. Oh, there we go. Yeah, mm-hmm. see? You gotta right. have one harmless, one conspiracy yeah. theory that it's kind of harmless, but you hold to it. Yeah. But I will say this about QAnon. Okay. <laughs> Just real quick. I find QAnon to be so endlessly entertaining. Oh. <laughs> now, the, the, real... Q, the QAnon people, the QAnon people are fucking batshit crazy and bad for the world and bad for America, right? Mm-hmm. Can't get enough of them, though. <laughs> so QAnon rally. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to be a jerk as I say this. QAnon rally. Where they're playing a Michael Jackson song, waiting for JFK to come back from yep. JFK Jr. Yes. to come back from the dead. I'm like, yo, yep. what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I'm like, for real? Yeah, like that situation playing- in Texas of like we're waiting for him to come back for the dead to run for president as Donald to run for vice president as Donald Trump's running mate. I'm like, yo, I'm like, and it's it's like 500 motherfuckers, and they really believe this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I, and and, I, and somebody sends me this video. And they're like, uh, Rachel's like, I don't want to do it on higher learning. I'll do it on <laughs> platform QAnon and all of that. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. I just want to like discuss. I can't even, under, I can't articulate it. Like what's happening here? It's like, what? And my thing is, because my this is where my brain goes. What if JFK shows up? <laughs> <laughs> like what if? Like what if that's what they posit, man? It's like never happens. It's not gonna happen. But like, what if they're out there? <laughs> I personally think if JFK Jr. showed up, they would be scared. Like, <laughs> like, like I don't think. I think they would be like, "Whoa, fucking shit!" <laughs> Jesus Christ! There's it now. What do we do? It's just so hilarious to me. That is hard for me. I, it, it's so it's so weird, and it, they're, they're so fucked up. And I'm always looking for people, like who's I know one of you. I know I, I know I know somebody who's Q. Right? Yeah, I, I yeah. have to. I you have Louisiana. to. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I like I, I despise the Q and on people, but they just give me endless amounts of entertainment. <laughs> like I watch the HBO documentary, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, these people are all fucked up. <laughs> they must be stopped. They must be stopped. I just wanted to say that about. about they must be stopped. But like, do you saw the the video from where they were like, oh, they also think that they've spotted several other dead celebrities at the rally in Dallas. Oh uh, no, no, who yeah. was there? Oh, they thought that somebody supposedly Michael Jackson was actually at the rally. Oh my god! Among others, Michael Jackson had arrived in Dallas, and it's all just death becomes her. <laughs> <laughs> It's all just death becomes her in their galas together. That movie scared me as a kid. Sempre viva. Yeah. 
So well, Jordan, I, what do you think this movie was about? Yeah, I I feel like to me this movie is like this movie is like if every Roland Emmerich script got fed into a computer and an AI made a Roland <laughs> Emmerich movie. Like the AI of Moonfall made mm-hmm. Moonfall. Like let's go with what if the, let's go with Moonfall is real. Let's go with this is like a tease of what's to come. And the AI from Moonfall in our future created Moonfall to be like Let's see what happens. Right. And gave us all the clues, Mr. Police Officer. <laughs> and we're not going to do anything about it because we're like, oh, silly Roland Emmerich movie. Like, I, I, in the way that you, in the way that you predicted <laughs> the, you reverse engineered Moonfall, Amanda, I feel like uh, the Moonfall AI is reverse engineering uh, this outcome. So that's what I'm going to go with Moonfall's really, is that Moonfall's true. So Jordan is oh. if Jordan has declared herself that she now believes the moon is the moon is fake. Yeah, I'm gonna the moon. This is okay. Fine, let's go with the moon is a mega structure. <laughs> can't rule it out. Yeah, can't rule. I don't have any evidence against it, can't, and can't, so yeah, can't rule it I'm out. I'm gonna go with this as a historical document. It's funny that you said that because like literally, I was in the movie. And I'm thinking to myself, did Roland Emmerich just see like an ancient aliens episode or something like that? <laughs> and then and then literally call somebody and go, yo. I need a script on mega structures. You have 30 minutes. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and then hang the phone up. Like that's that's how it seems at some point. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I like I, I want to believe the moon is a mega structure, not for any conspiracy theory that just because it's kind of it's cool to think about. It'd be like, would that be awesome if the moon was like a fucking building? Like, I don't care what the implications of it are. I don't care what it means for God or anybody, but it would just be like, that'd be neat if that was like, if there were big buildings out there like that. Cool. <laughs> like if there were, there was a fucking star, dead star in the middle of the moon and it was filled with gardens. That's Ugh. just fun. Yeah, like, why not? That's, that's cool. Mm. It can still keep doing its job. It can keep pulling the tides. Like as long as all that's in balance, I'm good. It would just be like, it's like how I'm there. The way that if you're in the east side of the river in Portland, Oregon, and you look over at the west side and like the hills behind the city, I've always thought like if there's like a war of the worlds moment and like the alien, the gigantic aliens are showing up to subjugate and kill us all. I would, I want to be on the east side of the river in Portland so I can see them coming over that specific hill. <laughs> I don't, I'm not like keen on the end of the world. It has nothing to do with like how fervently I believe in aliens, but it would be like, that'd be cool to see, you know? Yeah. If you're going to have to go out, at least you go out with a cool spectacle. Yeah. I, I, I want to like, I want to see the aliens coming over the Hollywood sign and crush it. Right. Like I want the Roland, if, if it's going to end, I want it to end in Roland Emmerich fashion where like iconography is spewing across the landscape in front of me and it's Randy's donuts and it's the Hollywood sign and the Griffith observatory, like dome is tumbling down a hill. Like give me all the hits. Like Nine Inch Nails did this, he did this album one time and like inside of the album, there, there was this picture of the Dolby theater after a dirty bomb attack. Oh, oh God. God! Oh, you have to see this picture. It's so I don't know why they put this in the fucking thing. It's like it's like like they they did this. It was like, and it was like this is the Dolby Theater after a dirty bomb attack happens. And I was just thinking, would I want to see that, or would you actually want to see it happen? You right. know what I mean? Like I don't want. You know what? Let's not go down this road. Like because it's like I, I don't want the fucking FBI coming to me about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I don't want that to happen. The fucking, I don't want the aliens to come. I want everybody to live to be 117 years old. Right, yeah, yeah. With the yeah. singularity chipping their head from But Elon just like Musk. apocalypse, apocalypse fantasizing, apocalypse fiction is like, just it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> Do we have any, does anybody fan cast this at all? I, no, like I, I don't because one, again, I'm not taking Halle Berry out of anything. Yeah, the most, like that was great. No, Patrick, Patrick Wilson, Wilson and Halle Berry would stay no matter what. Yeah, I, I'm. They're staying. I can't get rid of any. But John, John, what's his name from who plays Casey from Game of Thrones? Can't get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. I like. I'm not fantasy casting this. Also because, like, other than those three, you don't need like. You didn't even need Michael Pena to be a named actor. It no. could have been Tom. Could have been anybody. Because, meh. It's just yeah. these three. That's kind of where I'm at. It's just like, eh, let it, let it play it as it lays. I got one. Yeah. Eric Benet as the ex-husband. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the ceiling collapses in on him. Yes. It, that the the I was thinking of Halle Berry the other day when Twitter was collectively experiencing the Janet Jackson documentary and having like it recalled into their consciousness or perhaps, you know, be, like that Janet and, and Janet was with Jermaine Dupri and then the the collective horror at Jermaine Dupri cheating on Janet Jackson. And I just immediately thought how, you know what, it's just never good enough for some people. It's just can't because it's Janet. You have Hallie. Hallie's man cheated on her. Like they're just a Rod cheating on J Lo. Can, can you imagine like Jay Z? Like Jay Z. Like, <laughs> like there, there's just like it, it. Just it's not even. It's not even. It's it, it can't be pleased. Can't be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Halle Berry. Halle Berry. My God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he. Airbnb. talked about it on my podcast back in the day. <laughs> So weird to sit there with him. I was like, God damn, bro. This that is-, is that would be really weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sort of yeah. So what oh. is how many towering infernos does Moonfall get? Oof. It's like a it, I feel like this is a genuinely challenging question. It is. Yeah. I'm gonna have one of you guys go first because I gotta think for a second. I'm still trying to, I, I'm still undecided because I, I can't decide if I want to grade it against other disaster movies or if I want to grade it against Emmerich's own canon. Because that I think those two like things a, that fall seems in like different the real areas. central question, yeah. actually. If you're comparing it to other disaster movies, it gets higher. I think if it compared to other Emmerich movies, it gets mm. lower to me. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, by the way, points to Jordan showing our growth and our maturity that we didn't kill Ansel and Miles as the two um, office guys who end up in the helicopter getting flung into the water. Yeah, at we this even, point, at, at this point, the hypothetical punishment that fits the crime for Ansel Elgort is beyond, yeah, beyond no. destroying <laughs> a disaster movie. So and, retired Ansel, also, and Miles, who is un, unva- you know, un- Miles unvaccinated, shutting down the Godfather filming. Like we've done, <laughs> we were ahead of our time. Predicting we were, we were ahead of our time. Miles, Miles Teller is unvaccinated. There was a whole thing. Allegedly, oh, wow. there was a whole thing, and he. It's part of the Shailene. He's part of the Shailene Woodley, Aaron Rodgers, like little circle uh, of. Yeah. Circle I, of I'm, not, I'm not clear on his back status, but I just uh, I prior to anything having to do with vaccinations, he's a red shirt for me. Yeah, we, we previously <laughs> we used to always kill them off and we've really retired that as a trope on this podcast, partly because it's just not even fun anymore. Yeah, it's not even fun anymore. But um, Jordan, where I mean, how do how do you feel about it in terms I will, of ranking? It's tough. I, I, I think I have to give it I, I, movie wise. I think I have to give it three and a half 
Towering Infernos, even if I enjoyed this like a four and a half to five amount, even if the time that I yeah. had was that was that enjoyable as a movie, it would be three and a half Towering Infernos. But it would be so heartily recommended in its three and a half Towering Infernos. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go three. All right. I'm going to go glass half full. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. We could, you can, there's begrudging threes and there's like generous threes. And I feel like this is a generous yeah. three. Very, ge- a mightily generous 3.5 for me. It's like a average cookie. <laughs> <laughs> It's still a cookie. It's still a cookie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You know, it's like an average slice of pizza. Hey, it's still mm-hmm. cheese and sauce <laughs> on dough. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's still a cookie. Hey, you could have been doing worse things. Today. Yeah, it's it's you a Domino's a pizza. pizza. It's a Domino's pizza. It's a pizza. Domino's pizza. Yeah. yeah. It's like, a Domino's pizza. By the way. we get Domino's pizza on movie night, I'm always happy to have it. Let yeah. me tell you guys something real quick. Just five seconds on this. All of you guys, are you guys both, you guys have been living in L.A. for a while. All of you L.A. people, you don't understand where I'm from. Domino's Pizza is pizza. Oh, okay, okay. You get, you get to some of these other, oh, it's not now for me. Jesus Christ, I've been bougie. For too long. <laughs> yeah. like, you get to some of these other places, and the first time you, I remember the first time I went to, uh, <clears throat> I went to, what's, what's, what's the guy who has his place on Melrose and Highland? What's it called? Oh, uh. Wait, the, oh, the fancy oh, one. Um, Mozza. 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 Yeah. Mozza Pizzeria. Mozza Pizzeria. I remember the first, the first time I went there, it was on some highfalutin, like Hollywood meat type thing. <laughs> I remember I ate the pizza. I was doing bit to it. I threw it down. I was like, are you guys fucking kidding me? This fucking shit is amazing. Are you guys, I, was like, I was like, are you guys nuts? Like, do y'all come here every day? <laughs> like, are you fucking out of your mind with this fucking pizza? I need you to cake on three, of like, two inches of cheese and throw some cheap meat on there. That's yeah. a pizza. Yeah, like, you're like, right I need here. you to cut this into all slices and then stack those slices on top of each other for this to be a pizza. Yeah, but, like, this is fucking nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> we got all kinds of, yeah, you don't understand what we do with the pizza. We swirl it around in the lighter or whatever. And now, I'm a pizza shop. Now, everywhere I go now, if you put Papa John's, I'll flip it over. <laughs> like, Get out of my face with this peasant pizza. <laughs> Bougie for too long. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Amanda, are, are you, have you yeah, waited? Yeah, I'm, I'm at like three, three and a half. Like, I, okay, yeah. I'll, go, I'll go three and a half. Like, yeah, that feels yeah. respectable. Yeah, no, Domino. I think the Domino's pizza, that is a perfect, yes, that is what it's this is. It's the Del Taco. Fuck yeah, it is. It's the Del Taco. It's the Del Taco. Jordan, Del Taco. You Del- could go to the taqueria truck down the street and have have something amazing, or it could be just a Del Taco night. Because that's sometimes just what I want. Exactly. Sometimes <laughs> I want a movie where the first half, I can just kind of zone out and be like, yeah, just hit me with giant gravity waves. And the second half, the movie blows my fucking mind with... An entire new worldview on whether or not, <laughs> uh, on like where our place in the universe is. That's Del Taco for me. It is yeah. a, it's a Domino's pizza. It's a trip to Del Taco. It's Moonfall. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not, you wouldn't want to rely on it for nutrition, but once in a while, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. And, and like those other things, probably would be three times better if you were drunk. yes yes that has to be true i feel like this is definitely a movie that would be improved upon by like a party situation like a large group watching in a theater 
Yeah, a rowdy screening at the yeah. Alamo doing Moonfall. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Like we, I, I, I've told you guys about uh, the drunken Twilight Fest where we, we used to get drunk. <laughs> uh, you know, but you know, the reality is, is if, if it's me and Kalika watching Twilight, or if it's uh, you know people going to see Moonfall, just go let yourself have fun at the fun. Have fun. Yeah, like have fun. Like I, we watched the last duel. And I'll be honest with you. The last duel was great, yeah. but fuck, you gotta invest. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, the last duel was the last duel was great at, at parts. You know, hard to watch with some mm-hmm. of the things that are going on in the last duel. This exceedingly easy to watch. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I feel like the world the world is so goddamn stupid right now, but it's a horrible stupid, and it's really nice to have a stupid that you can watch where you're like, this is stupid, but so pleasant. Right. It yeah. is the it is the good stupid and not the like, oh shit, I've logged on again and we're having a discourse. I've logged on again. <laughs> yeah. God well, bless where does that where so, does that leave us then, Amanda? Shall we uh hash out separately what comes well, next? Or? We've got uh no, we know what's coming up next, but we can send Van on his on his way. Van, thank you. Is there anything you want to promote? Do you have any podcasts? Van, thank you so much. Any popular ring reverse. All kinds of things coming out. The host of uh, We TV's Hip Hop Homicides that's coming later on in the year. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff happening. But I'll tell you one thing. This is one of my very favorite podcasts. And I, I like. I, I always tell people how amazing Disaster Girls is. Thank you. And I want to tell you. you guys, every episode just gets better. And I love these movies. And I love the way you guys talk about these movies. And I love that you guys love these movies. Thank you, Van. Maybe we should all get together and go see that super scary movie when it comes out. Oh, you know I'm in. Amanda, Thank- Amanda, can you do it? Can you handle I'm it? I'm going by myself. I'm I'll so- go. That trailer scared the shit out of me. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> Fucking terrifying. Oh, my God. I'll be there in theaters. Absolutely. Can we do ambulance instead, guys? <laughs> <laughs> can we, we can just watch Jake Gyllenhaal, like, be weirdly, like, intense? This is going to be pure Michael Bay candy. I can't Going crazy. For did, they have the shot, did they have the shot in the trailer that was the one that wound up hitting the guy in real life? They, I think no. they had it. Did they have it? I don't I know if they, they had it. I think they had the shot in the trailer of the ambulance getting blown up and skidding off, which was, uh, I'm pretty sure was the shot that went wrong where like it, they, it almost hit all the people. Oh my God. I think this well, movie's going to be- you'll know the fear is real. I, I'm so excited about the ambulance. Just everything. It looks like such a mess. I'm so excited. Well, maybe Not like a mess mess. Amanda, like, Amanda can, uh, Amanda can, I don't know, maybe for the one and only time in her adult life, go I, see a horror movie. I might. If, if it's you guys, look, if it's you guys, I will go see a horror movie with the two. <laughs> That's done. I will do it. I will. I'm doing will, it. That we're doing is it. done. All right, guys. Peace. See you guys later. Bye, Van. Thank, Thank you, Van. You. Have a great Bye-bye. day. Bye-bye. So, All right. Next week's, you know who we've got. We teased it last time. Then we flipped our order. Yep. We have a star. Just nonstop hits, you guys. You know, this yeah. time of year in movie theaters, this is when you normally release the ones you don't want anyone to see. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's our time. It's our, this is when we thrive. January, February, March, yeah. bring it on. Absolutely. We have coming up next week, we teased it last week, then we flipped our order. We've got Sarah Marshall mm-hmm. from the You're Wrong About and You Are Good podcasts. And Sarah is joining us to talk about Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. I'm so glad we're finally getting to this one. I'm Because that means we can also get into subsequent Deep Blue Sea movies. And mm-hmm. I haven't 
seen past two, so I'm excited for the discovery of of the other deep blue seas. I'm so excited that this unlocks a whole new category of films for us. Yep, me too. Yep. So oh. we've got that coming up next week. So the the Dan and order- Moonfall. Oh what an episode! So happy that we made this work. So grateful that he he even went to a movie theater to go see it to make <laughs> this happen. Know. Like. Fuck! When I I once I realized that we were it was gonna have to be in theaters that we were gonna have to see it in theaters I was like shit I don't know if we're gonna be able to pull this off and I'm so glad we did I'm so glad we did I'm so glad we did so and yeah then Sarah Marshall after this what a one two punch so we've got so guys just just to clarify what our order is if you're trying to figure out how to listen to us in order last week's episode was La Brea episodes seven and eight mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then we've got Sarah Marshall coming up. For, so we got then we got Moonfall, then Sarah Marshall mm-hmm. for Deep Blue Sea, and then the episode after that will be the series finale, season finale, not series finale. Yeah, season thank finale, God. Thank God, season finale of La Brea. So we'll have episodes nine and ten after Sarah Marshall's episode. So there you go, guys. In the meantime, Jor, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Jorcru, J O R C R U. Uh, and you can find me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Cruciola. And I have to funnel you to the new pod on the Maximum Fun Network, Feeling Scene, where I'm talking to wonderful guests about characters uh, that they have identified with in film. And we potentially, in the way that nothing is real until it's happening in and around people in the entertainment industry, I have some very exciting guests on the horizon that we hope we can lock down and that I hope I can bring to you. So uh, tune in to find out what all of those people have been and what the future people will be. And Amanda, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Amanda Smith says on Twitter. And uh, that is where I am just doing the things. If you're listening to this and you happen to be a literary rep or know a literary rep. Yeah. Manager, an agent, a guy who says he knows a guy really, yeah. really could would, would be very helpful to me at this time. You could just like shoot me a DM because my DMs are open because <laughs> why not? Um, and then, of course, uh, we're disaster underscore pod on Twitter. Hang out with us there. We're disaster curls pod at gmail.com. Um, rate and review us. Yes, I please. Give us five stars. There is if you are using Spotify, there is a rating system on Spotify now. So give us a rating over on Spotify. Give us a rating and review on iTunes. We appreciate it when you do. And otherwise, we'll see y'all back next week for Deep Blue Sea with Sarah Marshall. Woohoo! Woo. Heavy hitters. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. That might be cool.com. You never know.